We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. About six months ago, I was having a conversation with someone, and they were talking about how um, emotional hurts can sometimes be triggered by something someone says or does to them. And they were using a story about um, being back in school and they hurt their hand with a standing knife and cut through a nerve, or a nerve a little bit. Um, but they, said, they were saying, it looks like it's healed. It looks like it's fine. But if, you, if I hit that the wrong way or do it, I get this real sharp pain. And it, it, it makes me aware that there's, there's something still hurting underneath. And just as they were bringing that analogy and as we were talking through the thing, I was, something just rose up in me that said, that's not okay. A, that this thing's not healed, but that the analogy is, is there. So I said, give me your hand. I prayed for it. Nothing happened. But I didn't want to leave it there. I, I was like, no, that's it's, it's not okay. So yeah, I prayed again. It looks like it's okay. That there's still something underneath that was that was triggered by pain, mm. and and the emotion it, it was like the it was the emotional thing can just lay there underneath. Mm. As soon as something something comes, someone says something the wrong way. It's is mm. that. <clears throat> Are you going to ask him? Has God spoken to you? Is there something you're identifying with? Let me just tell you. Let's refer to a Bible story. I'm reading from John chapter 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem a pool called Bethesda. So a lot of sick people gathered round in these porches. And it was very strange. But then God is God. You know what? He can do whatever he likes. And in this situation, at certain times, the Bible tells us that the pool was stirred. An angel came down and stirred the pool. And these people all around the pool, and whoever got in first got healed. Does that seem strange to you? I find that strange. But I find it slightly more strange that God would send his only son to die on a cross for me. I, I, I think this stuff goes beyond logical thing. You can't, you can't get that in the, in the, into the human brain. Now, there was a man there who'd been, had this problem for 38 years. And uh, when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he'd already been in that condition. He knew what the condition was. Jesus knows even before we say, do you want to be made well? No, no, I've just been lying here for 38 years because it's a scenery, you know. Why did he say that? What was that? Because there's a fundamental principle, and this is where we're coming to. He requires us to ask. See, to ask is a confession of need. He doesn't force upon us. He doesn't uh, draw us and catch us off guard. He asks, not that he doesn't know it. And then the man explains, I've got no one to put me into the pool when the water's stirred. But while I'm coming, another one steps down before me. See, the poor man had got the wrong focus. He's not 
aware really who he's talking to, but he's focused on there is a way. There is, a, there is one way in which, we can, which I could get healed. Um, somehow missing out that the healer himself was standing right in front of him. And it's so easy in the world in which we live to think, yeah, well, if I just take these tablets or get this medicine or get this input or whatever. So he explains, he can't get into the pool, so yeah. Then Jesus says to him, uh, having asked him, do you want to be made well? And he obviously gets an answer. Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Then you got a, a, a bit of a sort of add-on to that. The religious people of the day said to the man that was healed, whoa, whoa, you can't be doing it like this. This is, this is the Sabbath day. I mean, religion, laws, rules, they really bit the dust when Jesus came with a new covenant. It's never going to get, we're never going to get to him by keeping the rules. So later on, I mean, they start questioning him and said, uh, who did this? He just said, well, the man said, take up bed and walk. I, I don't know. Uh, later on, he goes to the temple. The Bible says, Jesus found him there. See, here's the interesting point. He wanted for this man something more than just to heal his body. He had something more than that. He had a life for him. And so... He met Jesus there. The Bible says Jesus found him. We don't find Jesus, Jesus comes to us. So just with that in mind, let's come back to what we were saying and what Chris brought to us. I think it would be appropriate that we just say, Lord, would you now reach out with your healing touch? Now, Lord, we just invite you to come in healing power. Lord, as people are right now reaching out to you and asking, we ask, Lord, that you would confirm your word with signs following. And this day, and this day, in your presence, as we worship you and lift up your name, you would stretch forth your hand to heal. Whether, Lord, it's these things that are buried deep in or very real, present physical things, we invite you now, Lord, to heal. In Jesus' name, amen. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Do we like miracles? See, I want us to get to a place where we say, this is the Lord's doing, it's this Psalm 118, this is the Lord's doing, yeah, it's not bad. We're British, well, some of us. Some of us are not British, but trapped in the British sort of culture. But the biblical thing is, this is the Lord's doing, and what is it? Marvellous. Debbie grew up with the disadvantage of dyslexia that was seriously affecting her educational chances and God stepped in. Did you know that the education thing got sorted? She went to university, she got trained, I think it was social work or something. What about the man that was lowered through the roof? Bible stories, all right? His friends can't get him to Jesus, they lower him through the roof. Yeah, you know the story, you don't I, uh, I mean, yeah, well we can't get him in, it's full up. No, we can't get him in. Okay, through the roof. Oh, I like that attitude. And then there's a big thing with the religious uh, nutters that are kind of getting involved. But what the Bible doesn't tell us, come on guys, let's think about it. That man just goes home to his family. The man that was carried there, paralysed. What do you think that was like? What do you think that homecoming was like? Do you think he just sort of walked home like this? I don't think so. 
I think we've seen somebody running. We've seen him running and jumping. And when he got home, we see his family running and jumping. And we see the neighbor and the word spread. And the people are saying, what? This is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous. This is what God's got for us in these days. That ability to so enter in what God's saying and doing that we can say, hey, I'm excited. This is marvelous. What about, okay, let's go to a wedding. At the wedding. Cana in Galilee. Oh my goodness me. It's all going wrong. And it's important at weddings that things don't go wrong, do they? What went wrong for me was before the wedding. I, was, I wanted one, a particular coloured shirt to go with my suit. And I realised that I was coming into a new place of submission to greater authority. You are not going to wear that colour shirt. <laughs> so at this wedding, the wine runs out. That's a big deal. And we're not we're not sort of drinking tea and coffee. This is you know it's it's a touchy moment. I blame the in-laws. No, I blame the parents. I mean, you can imagine, can't you? Use your imaginations. It's, well, who's at fault here? Somebody's done it wrong. Very very touchy moment. Yeah, not the time to stick your head above the parapet. There was tension. There was shame. And then Jesus gets involved. And of course, you know the story. The water is turned into wine. A great miracle, great miracle for the disciples as well. After that time, they recognised who they were dealing with. Yeah, well, it was nice. Yeah, water got turned into wine. Everybody was happy. Well, if they were, if if they were limited to some of our cultural restrictions, it could have been like that. But it wasn't like that. There's got to be great relief. There was tension in the air. There was shame. But now there's rejoicing. Now there's excitement. Now there's a recognition. This is, this is something else. This is, this is Jesus. This is the Holy One. This is God's only Son. This changes everything. This is the King of Kings. Three of my four sisters decided not to come. All sorts of different reasons. Um, I was also allowed to invite a, a couple of friends and they, they couldn't come either. And, and I was quite sad and I dismissed it. And it felt like it was like little cobwebs in the corner. But I had that clear sense from the Holy Spirit that it wasn't okay to let those cobwebs linger in the corner, that God's standards were very different. And I realised that actually my heart was heavy and I was disappointed and I could easily have rationalised it in my head of saying things like, well, that's typical or just it becoming a nasty place where things could gather. So I chose to, to surrender it and, and I really felt a, a deeper sense of, of peace and it was something I couldn't really do for myself. But when I met with God, he cleared cleared house for me and I want to live in, in the goodness of that and everything that Jesus has done to set me free, I want that freedom. Let me say again, this is what God wants us to be able to enjoy and rejoice in. And we say, Lord, I choose to forgive. I make the choice. But realistically, we don't have the ability to do it. This is coming into face to face with the power of God that does in us what we can't do in ourselves. Tell you what happens, whether it's on Zoom or here, 
When we touch on things like this in the presence of God, not everybody thinks, oh, I best look, I must have unforgiveness somewhere. No, this is the faithfulness of God. If there's something that he is seeing that you probably know, he will just bring that to remembrance and give you the option to say, I don't want to hold this unforgiveness anymore. I want to be set free from that. So again, we're going to pray. Give opportunity to just do that. Let's pray. Lord, just have your way at the moment. Lord, just with our brothers and sisters on Zoom and here in the meeting, we can't go searching. But Lord, where there is an issue of unforgiveness, even where we've tried to bury it, we just bring it to you now. We choose to forgive and we invite you to release your power, which not just releases others from our unforgiveness, but Lord, it releases us. In Jesus' name, amen. I would be very interested for those of you that have taken that step. It would be very good. Let us know. Or, or let one of the people know when we have the opportunity for prayer. Let's try another one. So while we were away on holiday, I saw a photo on Facebook of some friends sitting around the dining room table with members of their extended church family. And I just felt God asked me a question, which was, who's around your table? And it didn't come with any sense of condemnation, no heaviness. It was just like a, a gentle nudge, really. And so Grant and I talked about it and felt that, that that was God speaking to us and asking us to think again about how we use our home and how I think things have slipped a bit during the pandemic and we've had lots of building work going on. So I think that had kind of gone into the background, really, that the way we use our house and hospitality. So anyway, after that, I then had just a couple of weeks ago, I had three days where I reconnected with with four different sets of people really quite unexpectedly. And it all felt a bit random. And one of the connections really wasn't at all positive. And so I was asking God, well, you know, what's all that about and again just really felt him say to me just that um you don't need to worry about this I'm perfectly capable of bringing people across your path and as you're open to me in this I'll show you who are the ones that I want you to really connect with who are the ones to invite to be around your table and you can trust me to show you so it just feels like part of the adventure really that God's taking us on and, and we're really excited to see where it leads. Interesting isn't it? Uh, sees a picture and then really senses God saying who's, who's around your table? In other words God took us step by step and then and this is something that is it's, it's just fun walking with God. He comes along and sends four people in the space of two or three days, confirming his word with a sign uh, so that she's able to follow that up.
Do you think that's good? I mean, that's, that's like engage with the living God, not just with some theory or religious thing. Uh, have a bit of fun. You're only young once. Uh, this is the point that I want us to get across, that God is not just saying things. He is engaging in taking us into the very thing. And Kim recognised the issue of unforgiveness. When Sally recognised, no, this is not what it's not the best of what God's called us to. Something slipped here. God is there not to judge us, but to help us further into his purpose. He's a good, good God. Yes? Amen. All right, let's have another one. My story is about how God helped me to meet up with somebody that um, I'd felt that he'd prompted me to spend some time with. Um, I'd spoken to my wife, Sue, on the Monday morning and said, I think I need to meet up with this person during this week. And I thought, well, probably I'll find them Thursday because the weather was quite hot. Um, that morning I had to go to the doctors and decided I would do a, a walk, um, make it into a bit of a, of a walk. So I walked um, for probably about an hour on an extended journey around to the doctors. When I got to the doctors, um, I had to pick something up and I was quite frustrated because I stood in the queue and there was a man at reception who was there and he must have been there five minutes just asking questions and talking to the um, receptionist and gradually the queue was building up and I can't, you kind of start thinking oh, how inconsiderate this person is and they should be aware of other people around them. Anyway, eventually um, he went and after taking my place in the queue, I got to reception. I then... Um, walked back and on my way home I decided that I would come back through Goodmost Park and I walked through Goodmost Park into Goodmost Park and bumped straight into the person that I'd been thinking and um, felt I wanted to spend some time with and meet with. Um, I said to them that I was going to phone you to walk on Thursday and they said to me well you know why don't we walk now? So I said yes. So out of a completely unplanned encounter, when I was busy doing something else, um, I ended up spending some time with a person that I really felt that I wanted to spend time with and that God was encouraging me to spend time with. Our lives direct our footsteps, not just in word only, but in, in action. Isn't it interesting? It stirs something uh, and then actually helps us into the outworking of that. Okay, let's have another one, please. I would like to tell you about last Sunday. Um, I couldn't go to the meeting. I couldn't meet with you all. But I was at home on my own. Fernando was working. And um, I was listening to John, and I was listening to the worship. And I was feeling that you all were together there, whoever was there. And um, I really felt very moved. And um, I instantly felt the presence of the Holy Spirit coming over me and over the house. Suddenly I started to pray in tongues, which I didn't do for a long time. I couldn't do it for a long time. And I I really felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. And even I spoke of tongues that I never spoke before. So I just want to share this with you because the power of getting together, even if I wasn't there myself. It was really strong. I felt it really, really strong, and I would like for everybody to experience that, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. God is at work amongst us. God is not just God in name only. He's a God that wants us to encounter him, to, to be excited. What, 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 what excites you 
I, I mean, I, I get excited when I see God at work, when I feel his presence. I mean, I think, I think it's okay to actually guess. Uh, what, what desires is God stirring in you? Just confess it out. I think, uh, let me just tell you one more story. I think I can tell you. Laura spoke to me last week. This thrilled me. She said, if you look out of your window at a certain time, you will see a certain boy playing tennis, basketball, football, with all the coordination that's necessary for that. And this is the boy that we got a message in the office. Those how many years ago? Ten years ago. And said that... We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk.